Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The MVP and the Super Bowl for next year. Well, new markets, defensive player of the year, offensive player of the year, coach of the year. Get Joe a little gassed up at who's the top of that board. And some draft odds for you today as well. Our number two. Good NHL slate tonight. Wild games yesterday. We talked about several of them here on Coast to Coast that were going on live, including uh, the 17-goal outburst between the Wild and the Canucks in Minnesota. Both of those teams are back at it tonight. A lot of teams that played yesterday are playing back-to-backs, including Ottawa, who's in Florida against the Panthers after being in Tampa last night. Dallas was in Boston yesterday afternoon. They're at the Garden for the Rangers tonight. We mentioned Minnesota. They're in Winnipeg, who lost in Calgary. Vancouver is in Colorado for the Avalanche, a very good game. Uh, And Vegas, who won in San Jose, they are home for Nashville tonight. So a very good NHL slate that we will discuss. We'll have Cam Stewart in hour number two today. That's right, a Tuesday instead of a Wednesday, because we've got the Mexico Open coming this week. Not the star-studded fields that we have had the past few weeks, but there are tickets uh, to be had. Uh, even though it is the Tony Finau Invitational, we will surely find some ways uh, to go to the window for the Mexico Open. We'll do the outrights. We'll do the top 10s, 20s, and 30s, and 40s. We will do the first-round leader bombs with Cam Stewart today on C2C. Also, Lion Share, Coach Young getting involved today. And there's a lot of college basketball tonight. We'll get coaches' picks for that. I know we also uh, I saw him tweeting polls about Doc Rivers so we'll get that in the mix as well. Coach Young, Lion Share, hour number two. Davis Maddock is with us every day, hour number two as well. Oh, he's got Mexico open play. Your boy's even going to the DP World Tour here uh, for some golf selections. And we'll do some other things as well uh, with Davis Maddock. We got Champions League going on today. Uh, some crucial matchups that we will try to keep our eye on as well. Final hour. C to C. We get into the college. How about Houston last night getting the win over Iowa State at home, 73-65. Significant to some, those free throws that Iowa State made uh, in the final moments and then deciding not to foul after that, uh, depending on if you got eight and a half, nine and a half, nine. Uh, that was right on the number last night. Unfortunately for me and Joe, uh, the game also flew over. Uh, the number, uh, no matter which one you got. What doesn't matter what you got. 127, 128, 129, 130, 131. Uh, over is what happened there. Uh, so we'll do that. We've got the best and the worst against the spread in college basketball so far this year and the best over and under teams. And a great slate. Tennessee's at Missouri tonight. Butler into Nova to take on 
the Wildcats, trying, and the Wildcats lost to Butler a couple weeks ago, of course. UConn and Creighton, the game of the night in Omaha, number one UConn. Uh, very short favorite on the road here. This could be, uh, you know, that they're not going to run the table. I just don't believe that. I, I think that UConn, it would actually be good for them. And sometimes you do say this about got really good teams. I'll ask DeCourcy this today as well. To go into the tournament winning 10, 15, 20 games in a row, sometimes it's good if you get knocked off at the end of February, maybe even early March. Sometimes it's not bad you lose in your conference tournament when you're a team like UConn. Uh, gets you a little refocus. You don't have any winning streaks on your shoulders. I could see UConn falling tonight in Omaha against Creighton. Uh, lots of good late-night Mountain West games as well. San Diego State is in Utah State tonight. System play, system play. Uh, we'll talk about that later. We'll try to squeeze some baseball in as well. Mike Trout says he's not going to take the easy way out. Not going to ask for a trade for Anaheim. Well, that's because he loves living on the beach. Not because he loves winning. Uh, they never won since Mike Trout has been there. And now they've lost Otani as well. Uh, probably not a good situation. Where the Angels are in the AL West, odds, AL West odds going into this year. We've got some Juan Soto today. AL and NL MVPs and the World Series odds as well. And like we said, basketball, NBA-wise, isn't back until Thursday night. We do have some stuff for you today. Odds to make the playoffs in the East and West for some of those teams hanging around those play-in tournament spots. We'll check on that. MVP movement. I saw one guy kind of move up the board that I'm interested in. We'll take a look. All right, for El Coast to Coast on a Tuesday, Carver High in for Scotty. Joe Lisi joins me next. Rocking with you on a Tuesday. Sports Grid, Sports Grid Radio. We're back right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car or a house. It's the four wheels that get you where you're going and the four walls that welcome you home. When you combine auto and home insurance with Amica, we'll help protect it all. And the more you cover, the more you can save. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. And we are back for El Coast to Coast here on a Tuesday. Carver High in for Scotty. We're going to get Joe in here in a moment. But first, we have to tell you, about BetMGM, can you believe it? They're doing it again. They're giving away free money. You've got to be kidding me. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through their Sportsbook mobile app for at least $5, and you will receive $150 instantly in additional winnings. It's regardless of your wager's outcome. you got to be kidding me. Download the Sportsbook app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. 
Bet.com. Sign up and deposit at least $5 into your newly created account. This is for new customers here. Place a wager in the amount of at least $5 at standard odds price. Once you have placed a bet, you will receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your wager. And you got to use bonus code SG150. That is SG150. BetMGM giving away free money. Uh, It's amazing. They're always at it. uh, And we love it here on Coast to Coast. All right. Every Tuesday and Wednesday, you get the extended version of the highly popular Sports Grid radio show, Carver and Lisi, which airs weeknights at 8 p.m. East on the radio side. And that is with myself and the encyclopedia of mid-major college basketball, the one, the only. Go for the two, Joe Lisi. Hi, Joe. How you doing? Hi, Carver. At least you got it right. I'm hot as a pistol in terms of the mid-majors. We smashed it again last night with the under-148 with William and & Mary in Charleston. Unbelievable. Got a little too greedy with the under in Iowa State and Houston, but we'll take the mid-major win for the for a little shekels, as they say. So just so just to get the get the coast-to-coast uh, uh, listeners and watchers in on this, Joe, so every night uh, for the, since football ended, really in the middle of last week, because we're tr- trying to find ways to keep Joe going. You know how Joe is with the football. Gets very depressed this time of year. There's no more football. So I need to spice Joe up a little bit. So now every night on Carver and Lisi on the radio show, we uh, come up with our mid-major <laughs> game of the night. What was I calling it last night, Joe? I, I don't what I said. even know. The, it was the mid-major head. game yeah. of the night. <laughs> that uh, the obscure mid-major yeah. game of the night. That's what it was. And last night it was in the CAA with Charleston and William and Mary under the one forty-eight and a half. Uh, last week we had Mary Mack and Stonehill out of the uh, NEC. So we've had ourselves some fun. We'll see what's in store for us tonight, Joe. Uh, when we get on, but uh, we're having a good run with that. But Iowa State wasn't kind to you, no, at all. No, uh, that was a no, dead under. Funny. They had fifty points at half. Dead under, dead under at the half, and I think they went Joe combined twelve of eighteen from three in the in the second half, something like that. And the three balls started dropping, and unfortunately, we didn't get that under Joe. So it it happens. Yeah, that thing shot from one twenty seven to one thirty three. Uh, at one point uh, right before tip. So that was unfortunate, Joe. The Sharks knew. They knew. It was the hot game out there. That, that's what everybody was putting out. The hot it was game, a hot man. game. It was, hot it was game. a, everybody high, was it was a hot game. My ears were ringing. <laughs> it was so hot last night. <laughs> it definitely was, Joe. Uh, all right. I always like to uh, – we'll start today with a little bit of football because I need to keep you yeah. uh, going. I need to keep the juices flowing, as you say, for it. And I, I thought it was interesting, Joe, when I saw this this morning. Because this is, I think, how you know the offseason has truly begun. When you get the first story about the player who unfollows his team on social media. It's a a tradition unlike any other. It's like the Azaleas at the Masters. You always know that the offseason's here when we have our first story like this. Justin Fields, Joe, unfollows the Bears on social media. And sure enough, who does he start following? Uh, Drake London... Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson, Robinson, you know, everybody with the Atlanta Falcons. So, Joe, let the speculation run wild. 
Well, good for Justin Fields. You know what? He wants to go to a team with weapons, and I can't blame him. And let's not forget, he went to the University of Georgia to start his college career before he transferred with Ryan Day and the Ohio State Buckeyes. So he has ties to Georgia, and there's legitimate weapons. You talk about two big play wide receivers, a legitimate running back, and maybe an offensive scheme that he could really flourish in, something that Eberflus hasn't done. He's the human anchor. Matt Eberflus will not be the coach of the Chicago Bears in 2025. Mark that, and if they draft Caleb Williams, they're going to drive his career right down into the dirt like they did Justin Fields. Yeah, we've had these discussions already, Joe. I am of the camp that the Bears should move back a couple of picks, keep Justin Fields, get themselves a Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, They have the ninth pick as well. Uh, They could maybe get, Joe, I mean, you could double dip. I know they got DJ Mario. You could double dip. You could get Marvin Harrison Jr. and uh, Dunze and Neighbors. You know, you could go... Full wide receiver and change your they offense. Uh, go. They no, won't, I know though. they won't. That's they the need Bears. Inno- need innovative thinkers like us there, Joe. That's what they need. They need innovative Look, thinkers like us in the front office. Here, here's the thing. When your best quarterback over the last 30 years was Jim McMahon and maybe Rex Grossman, you're a loser organization. You know that as well as anybody. Let's be honest. And they drafted Mitch Trubisky, the one-hit wonder, out of North Carolina. We see where he is right now. So let's be honest in regards to Justin Fields. He's a legitimate talent, was a legitimate talent at Ohio State. But you're telling me outside of DJ Moore, you put pedestrian wide receivers around him like uh, Darnell Mooney and you draft Velas Jones, 25-year-old wide receiver that never stepped up in Tennessee, and that's who you put around him, and a pedestrian tight end in Cole Komet. I mean, get real. It's amazing. It is amazing, Joe, Uh, and we will maybe soon have some clarity on that because I think that that's something that – I don't think that that's something that the Bears wait until, you know, like draft night to make that happen. I I think that that's something that you'll see happen in early March when free agency opens because if whoever wants to acquire Justin Fields is going to want to have that done, Joe, or else they're going to be looking for another quarterback. So I think that that's something that we are going to see get taken care of in pretty short order here. The other news uh, that I had for you today was longtime uh, Patriots special team wizard Matthew Slater retired, uh, who was with the Pats forever, Joe, as you know, part of many Super Bowl championships. Uh, the best special teamer in the last 20 years. I read all the, the stuff from Belichick today, Hall of Famer, yada, yada, yada. I'm sure that's all true, Joe, but I will stand firm on this. Uh, there is not allowed to be a special teamer in the Hall of Fame until Steve Tasker's put in. Uh, and then when they put Absolutely. Steve Tasker in, you could put in whoever you want. I'll put Matthew Slater. That's all fine and good. You put Matthew Slater in the Hall of Fame. Not until you put Steve Tasker in. Because he, Absolutely. Joe, was the Absolutely. original special teams ace uh, that belonged in the Hall guru. of Fame. It was a guru, guru. Steve. T- I mean, you know, always around the football. I mean, never never afraid to get a little dirty. And that's what we see in regards to, you know, Bill's Mafia and just Buffalo Bills as all. You want to put Don Beebe in there, too, back in the day? Special no, no, teams no, 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 wizard? No, 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 no. He wasn't no, no, no. like Tasker, though. No. Tasker, Tasker was, more, Tasker was yeah. another level uh, of what know, he did special teams-wise. And Matthew Slater, very, very good as well. Uh, but I'm sure they'll put him in a Hall of Fame, and maybe one of those dopey committees will put Tasker in sometime down the line. All right, Joe, I, I got a little bit more football for you later on. Uh, new okay. odds were posted. You know, last week we did when the Super Bowl ended, 
next year's Super Bowl, next year's MVP. Put up defensive player, coach of the year, offensive player. Yeah, I know. So a couple I know. Michael Parsons you. is up there, too. Keep talking, well, Michael. How about you well, tackle well, somebody? Well, that's why tackle we go somebody after somebody, somebody else, Joe. We go after somebody game. else. In a big game. Step up, Mike, instead of going on uh, next. We'll come, we'll come back, though. Uh, we'll get Gabe Marenzi in here as we do every day. Sports Rage Late Night. Coast to coast. We're back on the grid right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see, so... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. And we are back from Coast to Coast here on a Tuesday. Carver High in for Scotty Sports Grid and Sports Grid Radio. Great to have everybody with us here today. Every day we have Gabe Morenci with a sports rage late night, weeknights, 10 p.m. East. Right here on the grid. All right, Gabe, we were just talking about this during the break. And this was just, this just came down in the last couple hours. Uh, the college football playoff gurus and suits and all the chancellors that get together and make all the decisions for everybody in college football. They officially approved the five plus seven format. And what that is, is obviously with the uh, Pac 12 basically going away for now or whatever's going to happen. They had to kick it back down to five automatic conference champion qualifiers and seven at-large bids, as they say, as opposed to the six plus six. The interesting thing, uh, Gabe, that I saw just from in the last hour is a lot of Notre Dame people, which I follow a lot and I, and I read a lot because I'm a Notre Dame fan, uh, very upset because the wording that is in there is the four highest ranked conference champions get the bye in the new 12 team playoff and because Notre Dame is an independent they cannot get a bye into the playoff very interesting game and I don't have a problem with it either listen the college football playoff committee they were kind of put in a weird spot after announcing a format and then having the Pac-12 disintegrate as it did so they had to adjust on the fly. I think they did a pretty good job, actually. Uh, for the record, not for this, Carver. <clears throat> All right? I wasn't somebody that was complaining. So, okay, you have an expanded playoff format now. Good for you. So now we're going to get to see Liberty get lit up in a college football playoff game. 
and get eliminated. It doesn't change anything for the real powers that be. You'll notice how they set that up that way. It was like, yeah, knock yourself out. You guys want to add games. We're not playing more, <laughs> right? We're not playing. You can play if you want. So go play your little quarterfinal on your campus, guys, at Tulane or whatever, and have fun with that. So the top four teams get a bye. So therefore, they'll be in the exact same situation. They'll just need to win two games, right? So it's, you know, when we hear expanded playoffs, so if you're the SEC champ, you're the Big Ten champ, if anything, this actually elevates a lot because really it's all about the Big Ten and the SEC uh, right now. I find it interesting, though, as you stated, so the top four teams uh, get the buy and then everybody else plays, and it goes according to the college football playoff rankings. <laughs> so they're going to be in complete control of this. Where I'm going with this, Carver, is for everybody that thought naively that the college football playoff was going to be some big all-inclusive party, like, get ready, man. Like, it's going to be, like, four Big Ten teams, four SEC teams, and they'll be like, all right, since you won the ACC, we don't have a choice. We'll let you in. Like, I'm telling you, like, Penn State's going to get in. Mississippi's going to get in. LSU. Like, the new, you know what I mean, Carver? Like, Penn State can beat everybody except Ohio State and Michigan. That'll be good enough right. now, bro. Two losses yep. will get you in. I agree. And and look, will you have years like will you have years like this year where Washington and Oregon are both really good in the Pac-12 and probably still going to get in no matter what the result is sure. You'll have off years like that, but for the majority of the time as you're saying, the Big 10 and the SEC are going to dominate this thing. And I, I just want to you the the biggest pet peeve that I saw Gabe with the Notre Dame side of it is that well, you know, they, they wouldn't get the bye. Yeah, but they're not going to play a conference championship game. So when you think about it at the end of the day, you know, those teams that get the buys, they still got to win four games to win the national championship. They got to win their conference championship game and then the three games in the tree. If you're Notre Dame, you got to win the four games. You got to be in that first round and you're going to host a game against the 12, whatever the deal is going to be. That, that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. And, and I'm the biggest Notre Dame homer that there is. They're wrong on this if they're crying about it because th this is what you get well, for not joining anywhere. Well, my deal with um, with Notre Dame fans complaining right now, this is sort of like Cleveland Brown fans complaining about the location of the Super Bowl. You know, at newsflash, South Bend, you actually will have to succeed and win to even be in the conversation uh, first. And when was the last time that happened? And 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 let's be real, Carver. The last playoff format was tailor-made for Notre Dame. They've always gotten some sort of, oh, yeah, and Notre Dame, and if you're in the top 10 type deal, and they couldn't pull it off, quite frankly. So this comes back. So if you're a Notre Dame fan, and I understand seeing this right now and going, whoa, whoa, reading the fine print, a good eye by you and Notre Dame fans to read the fine print here and see that the four conference champions, highest-seeded conference champions, get bye weeks and get a bye in the new playoff, well, this is the ramifications, Carver, if you want to dance alone all the time, right? If you yep. want to go to the party alone and, you know, don't get upset if you need a ride out and nobody wants to help you after, you guys want to be on TV by yourself. You want to keep all the money with, with, with NBC and your television contract. You're above. We'll play some ACC teams, but we won't be in the ACC. We will in basketball. You want to be above it. This is this is the first real ramification 
of being an independent right now, Carver, where it's like, whoa, whoa, we really just yep. got, like, they're, we're not part of their club. Nope. But they still, there's still advantages, like you say. They, they still have an advantage because you know that, it's like you said with Penn State. Now Notre Dame can go 10-2, and two, and they can be 11, and they're going to get in every year. You know, they, they've Essentially, also got Carver, that, they got to be ranked in the top 12, bro. Also. Yeah, exactly. They've got to be that, ranked in the top 12 now. That's it. And, like, and they've been that's there essentially it. Like, that's the that's deal. Uh, so there you go with that. The, college, the Suits did that today. I want to talk to you about the hockey. Uh, we have a lot of games tonight. But I have to go to this yesterday because me and you were both uh, on this. That, that Canuck-Minnesota game that went on yesterday, and I was on uh, the Canucks, and I think you were on the Canucks as well. It, it was start. The refs were awful. The Canucks get this 5-2 lead at the end of the second period. Gabe, it felt like that Minnesota had a 5-on-3 for about seven minutes straight from the end of the second into the third period, and they scored a bazillion goals and won 10-7. They did. It was a wild game. You know, it was um, the Vancouver Canucks. It's it's always bad to be on the on the wrong end of some historical loss. <laughs> but, like, yeah. you know, Carver, they've been, they've been playing a lot. Of, they've been playing the NHL hockey for a long time. Yeah, I think the NHL started in, like, um, it was like the 30s type deal. It wasn't like the early 1900s. Sort of there were different leagues. And, you know, the NHL the NHL became what we know it in the 40s type of deal, right? Like, you know, in Montreal, there used to be the Montreal Royals, the Montreal Maroons, the Montreal Canadiens. There were three teams. Like, they didn't merge until, like, you know, into the later years. So my point is, though, Carl, we've been playing NHL hockey for, like, about 100 years now. It was only the 88th time. The Canucks were only the 88th team to score seven goals and lose. It was the first game since 1992 that three players had a hat trick in the game. Like, it was just one of those weird, wild games. The refs were terrible. They really did bury the Canucks. But without being stated, the Canucks have one little weakness and bad habit. They take a lot of penalties. Like, they take bad penalties. They do do a lot of stupid things on the ice where you're like, dude, you gave him no choice. He has to call that, right? They do do that a lot, and it's sort of catching up to them. It caught up to them against Winnipeg. They were good against Winnipeg on Saturday. Boom, a couple of bad penalties, bam, they get scored on. Similar situation. The wheels just fell off. That was their worst loss of the year, though, Carver. And now they're back at it again tonight. They don't have two-game losing streaks much. Now they get the avalanche tonight. We almost have to go back to them. Demko will be back in, in net tonight for the Canucks. Big game for the Canucks to get back on track. Rick Talkett not happy after that collapse yesterday. No, that he certainly wasn't. And you're getting the Canucks at plus 120 tonight on the road. You know, Gabe, there's a, looking at this board, there's a lot of teams playing back-to-back, uh, especially like from yesterday. You know, Dallas was in Boston. They're at the Garden tonight. You've got Ottawa doing the Florida trip. They were in Tampa last night. Now they're in Miami. Same thing with Canucks, Minnesota. Winnipeg, Vegas, all these teams, Gabe, on back-to-backs. It's a tricky night. It is. It's hard not to like the Rangers, though, tonight, isn't it? The Rangers are smoking hot. As you mentioned, Dallas uh, played a very tough game yesterday against Boston. Rangers in a, in a reasonable price uh, range. The Florida-Ottawa game is one that's strange to me here, Carver. You know, this Florida team is really coming on right now. Looks like they're going to overtake the Bruins for the division. Yet you get Ottawa, who beat Tampa yesterday, and Ottawa's playing good hockey, and you're getting quite a lot here. You know, plus one and a half at minus 110, so like a basic minus 110 bet at plus a goal and a half. It's interesting. The Jets are another one. 
the Jets, bro, they were in they were in Vancouver, they were in Calgary, they've been all over the place. Now they're back home. Minnesota played that wild game yesterday, Carver. Like you said, there's a lot of weird matchups. You know, a team that scored ten goals against a team that doesn't give up goals now uh in the Jets. I think the Jets are the play uh tonight, getting back home at minus uh minus one fifty. But you're right, it's a strange card tonight in the NHL. It's very tricky. Uh, is there anything you like in college basketball tonight? Obviously, we don't have the NBA back until Thursday. There's a lot of good games. The UConn-Creighton game is on my mind. There's several other pretty good ones. Yeah, look into the UConn-Creighton game is going to be a fun one. I think the total is too light at 143.5 in this game. Yeah. I think this total think is so a little too. light. I, and you know, I actually also think, Gabe, I, I think Creighton could pick them off tonight. I, I, I don't think UConn's just going to not lose all the way through uh, to the tournament. I think it would be good for them, actually, to maybe get picked off in one of these games. I was, I was, these are the spots, man, where the higher-ranked teams as road favorites always lose. Like, that. Yep. that's like that, you know what I mean? You take that home dog, lower-ranked team, home dog. But for me, I don't want to get in front of UConn, but I will go over to 143 and a half. Gabe, we'll see you tonight. Sports Rage late night, 10 p.m. East, right here on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. And we are back from coast to coast here on a Tuesday. Carver High in for Scotty Sports Grid, Sports Grid Radio. Great to have you with us here. We have Mike DeCourcy with us every week from the sporting news right here on C2C. Always great to have Mike with us as we get a little bit closer to March. Things are heating up. We had the uh, committee put out their first uh, top 16 ranking over the weekend. Uh, We will discuss that and a lot more. But I want to start here with you today, Mike, and it's always good to see you. Because I I know every week it feels like, especially the last couple months, we talk about Caitlin Clark. But rightfully so. Uh, She deserves that because she's awesome and she's breaking records and, and, and she's a freak. So she breaks the record last week, Mike. We talked about it. And you had a great column, and it's so true. And I thought about it a little bit more after I read it. Why does why does she not get uh, the juice that maybe some of these other greats have gotten in the past? And you talked about some of the other coaches in women's college basketball. 
Obviously, there was a big thing about, uh, I think it was Jay Williams on ESPN over the weekend with how he kind of dismissed some things. Why does she not get the credit from everywhere, Mike, as she should? Oh, I think, first of all, uh, I, I think that what, what's disappointing to me is that a sport like women's basketball that I love and have loved since I was a teenager uh, doesn't, it's been searching for a level of acceptance and promotion and audience that's been somewhat elusive. I mean, they have a following, there's no doubt about that, but growing that following and making it broader. Uh, so that it's a more prominent part of our athletic landscape has been a challenge. And when you get someone that comes along with the transformational capability that Caitlin Clark has, you would think that everybody in women's basketball would be totally on board with what she's capable of delivering in terms of audience. Because what, what people sometimes fail to see, Mike, is that it just as the case, and I, I please, I, I don't want anybody who's in women's basketball to be bothered by this comparison, but just as the case when there were more young women watching the NFL because of Taylor Swift. Um, and my point about that at the time was, like, if it bothers you uh, because they're showing Taylor Swift five the game, uh, and it's distracting for you from the from wanting to see guys on the sideline tear at their helmets or whatever. I don't know. But what you're missing is that some of the people who came to the NFL because of Taylor Swift are going to stay. They're going to say, hey, this is really cool. I never watched this before. I should watch more of it. And they will do that with, with women's basketball now because of Caitlin Clark. Because they see, okay, yes, yeah, she's super cool. But the games themselves are awesome, and the competition is terrific, and it's worth your time. And that'll be true at, in college after she leaves, that there will be new fans of women's college basketball. And then it will also translate to the WNBA, where I'm telling you right now, if she goes to the WNBA this year and she has the option of returning for the COVID year uh, to, to Iowa, if that's what she wishes, if she goes to the WNBA this year, and she would definitely be the number one overall pick by the Indiana Fever, they go from a crowd that numbers in the low thousands to a pushing capacity most nights. That's what will happen, and and they, and it, you know and and that will be the case for as long as Caitlin's there, and then uh, and then fans in other markets, New York, Chicago, Vegas, wherever. Uh, they'll, their tickets will get all sold because she's coming to town because she's got that much appeal. And people will be there to see her, but they'll go and they'll say, hey, this is really cool. I want to come more. And that's what the people in women's basketball sort of taking little snide remarks at her, uh, like Kim Mulkey with the we don't have any players that shoot 40 times a game when she said it about a month ago. People that have been doing that, or Cheryl Swoops, who came right out and said that uh, that Caitlin shouldn't have gotten five years to break the the NCAA scoring record sent by Kelsey Plum. Well, she did get five years. She actually played fewer games to get to that thirty six hundred point total uh, than than Kelsey did. So uh, th those kinds of things shouldn't be happening in a sport that's been as hungry for attention as women's basketball ha has for the last four decades. Now, it's funny, I'll ask you one more on this, Mike. Is it a foregone conclusion that she's going to go 
to the WNBA because I think in the past it's a no-brainer, but yes. times have changed. You know, we even had this discussion about Caleb Williams in the fall, uh, whether or not he would go back to USC. It's a new day where she can make plenty of money. I mean, we've seen her, State Farm commercials, etc., that she doesn't necessarily have to go and make that move if there, and I guess the, it would be what else is there to do. Well, maybe win a national championship if she doesn't win one this yeah. year. I, you know, I think what she has to decide is does she want to try to carry Iowa forward farther? And is that, you know, is that conceivable? Um, because she's already gotten them to a national championship game uh, and we'll see what happens this year. Or does she want to start regularly playing against the best players in the world where she would do that in the WNBA? Also, uh, Indiana, which, as I said, has the number one overall pick in this year's draft, uh, is reasonably close to Iowa. There are closer markets. I guess Chicago would be too, but Vegas and L.A. and some others are farther away, so you don't know where she'd end up. Seattle, also another one that's much farther away. So she would be reasonably close to home uh, if she uh, were able, if she, if she chose to play professionally this summer. So she has some things to think about. The idea that she'd make more money at Iowa, I don't buy that because she's already got contracts with Gatorade and Nike uh, and obviously State Farm. We've seen the commercials. They're not going to say, oh, now you're in the WNBA. We don't want you anymore. I don't think that's going to be a problem. Uh, she's she's uh, become a very, uh, solid spokesperson for all of them, and I'm sure they'll follow her wherever she goes. No doubt about that. All right, Mike, let's talk about uh, the committee. Of course, they do this every year now, a couple weeks before Selection Sunday. They give you their little inside peek at what they're thinking about on the top four seed lines. Now, the funny part is, is usually when they do this every year, there's like a huge loss like 24 hours later that completely destroyed. And that happened with Purdue losing to Ohio State on Sunday. But they had Purdue ahead of UConn originally before all this went on. Uh, what did you think of the four seed lines that they put out, Mike? Well, I, I thought that Purdue would be the one overall. I'd had them one overall for every bracket I think I've done for Fox to the, it, for this year. So I wasn't surprised by that. If you looked at the, the 16 teams they put out, put out of the other 15, Purdue had six victories against the other 15 teams. There wasn't anybody else that had more than two. Uh, so that that's why they were the one overall. Now, I've slid them down to the second overall as the result of the Ohio State loss, and I think some others have as well. But in the end, Mike, that doesn't really matter because Purdue, as as the one in, in the Midwest, would be in Detroit. That's where they want to be. UConn, the one in the East, they'd be in Boston. That's where they want to be. Houston, if they hold their one, they'd be in Dallas. That's where they want to be. And Arizona wants to be in L.A. So it works out ge geographically beautifully. There's no competition if those are – if those remain the four teams, although we had those losses uh, and there will be some change from the from the pre bracket preview to the final uh, selection Sunday bracket. It usually is pretty close to you know, there's usually 12 or 13 of the 16 teams that stay in that uh, top four somewhere. Somebody will drop out. I mean, Wisconsin lost within hours of the bracket preview in an overtime game against Iowa. They'll they'll be they are out of my out of my excuse me out of my top four. They were they were down to a five for me today uh, for, on my bracket for CBB on Fox. 
so that so that 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 change happened. Auburn got dinged pretty good not long after the reveal, and but they 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 held their four. But it's obvious that the 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 hold on that position is not as as tight as it was four days ago. No, and it changes very fast. And uh, I think it even for UConn tonight. That kind of segues me to tonight, Mike, in the games and UConn has a very tough trip to Omaha to take on Creighton here. And, you know, they haven't lost since I think it's December 20th when they lost that opening Big East game to Seton Hall, wherever it was. So they've gone a long time, two months, basically, without losing a basketball game. You know this, Mike, being around the game this long. Sometimes you don't necessarily want the, you know, 10, 15, 20-game winning streak when you get into the NCAA tournament. Is there some theory to maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for Hurley and UConn if they lost tonight in Omaha. I will tell you that uh, I, I think I know college basketball for almost 40 years. I know that Rick Pitino knows it way better than me. And I still remember 96 uh, in the SEC tournament final against Mississippi State. And and they the, the Wildcats didn't have it that day. They had not lost Prior to that, they had not lost since November. They lost to UMass in the, one of the early season uh, events or tournaments and had not lost in the interim. And I got, I got the feel that day that he didn't really mind taking that L. And you could tell he, ta- he takes a lot of losses seriously based on his reaction to the Seton Hall loss on Sunday. Uh, that one I don't think he minded. And I think he has said since then that that loss helped them go on uh, that that that's the best that's the best tournament team the best team that I've seen in my time covering college basketball that '96 Kentucky, but even they it helped them to lose that Mississippi State game because they went back in the tournament and they crushed nearly everybody. They did not have a one possession game in NCAA tournament. It's and thank you for reminding me about Rick because I wanted to, I said yesterday I wanted to bring that up with you and then I, now. What did you think of that, what he said after the game against Seton Hall? Because I think from one aspect, Mike, you could see where if you're St. John's, you're like, wow, I mean, this guy's slamming, you know, our, you know, our facilities. He's slamming our kids. He's like, but, Mike, they brought Rick there to change things. It's been the same for 20-plus years. That's why he's there. Yeah, some of it was odd because it's not like anything burned down, Mike, thankfully. Uh, all the facilities are still the same. So he that was the house he bought, uh, so to speak. Yep. Uh, so I didn't understand that, but I think he was really frustrated by how that game went because they did have a, a double-digit second-half lead and let it get away to a team that is terrific, but not an offensive juggernaut. So losing a double-digit lead to a team that is just an okay offense, but a terrific culture and tough defensive team. That had to be really hard on him because he knows that. Uh, he knows that the Pirates aren't, uh, you know, they're not uh, flame throwing out there. They're a, you know, they're a very solid, sound basketball team. So losing that, I think, bothered him. I, I think some of it was motivational. Uh, the stuff about the players uh, being not quick enough and all that. I think some of that was motivational. Uh, he, I, 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 I think that Rick does most everything he does with a purpose. And he gave a one-on-one interview to Zach Braziller from the New York Post today, where he kind of walked a little bit of it back. Uh, he, he's, he's, he, he wants to be at St. John's. St. John's loves having him. I know that for sure. It'll work out. Uh, and you got, you know, every now and then when they take a loss, he's going to maybe say some things that you 
that aren't the most political, but uh, he knows what he's doing. Uh, he certainly does. Mike, uh, tremendous job as always. Enjoy the games tonight and all week. We'll see you next week back here. The Sporting News on Coast to Coast. We're back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Um. And we are back from Coast to Coast here on a Tuesday. Paul Ryan, Joe Lisi in for Scotty on Sports Grid and Sports Grid Radio. All right. Usually, Golf Wednesdays on C2C. Not this week because I'm out tomorrow. So I'm going to have Cam later on. Keith Stewart is, of course, uh, usually with me on Wednesday to do the golf. He will be here tomorrow with Joe and Joe Ranieri, but he was also every week on Tuesdays with the early line with, with Ben and with Donnie talking about Tiger last week at Riviera, the withdrawal. What was the mood around the courts? Here is Keith Stewart. It was interesting. At that moment, I was walking with Jordan Spieth, who was also very much under the weather. And, uh, you know, we can get in his story in a second, but, um, all of a sudden, on the golf course, this mass exodus was coming from the front nine and going towards the gates as if all of a sudden, you know, they were asking people to leave. It was the, it was the craziest it was the craziest scene, guys. And the next thing you know, you look at your phone and you find out, and then the officials are talking about it. The Tiger had withdrawn, and we didn't know at first what it was. And so I looked at Jordan. I said, he goes, what's going on? And I said, Jordan, I said, Tiger's withdrawn. And he goes, well, if he's as sick as I am, then I could see why, which is interesting because it seemed like there was a little bit of uh, something going around out there. I know Cantley, who didn't close the deal on Sunday, he had a 100-degree fever in the final round. Um, kind of one of those stories in the background that when you're on site, from a betting perspective, it's kind of good to know who's, who's helps not, guys. Uh, that was the case, Joe. There was a lot of people uh, sick playing those rounds of golf at the Genesis uh, this past weekend, including Jordan Spieth. He didn't go out because he was sick. He went out because he didn't sign his card. Uh, and then you had Tiger going out. Uh, we'll hopefully see him again in a few weeks, Joe. I think we, if he's smart, uh, he'll play something before the Masters, whether that's the players, et cetera. But uh, always good to see Tiger back out there. All right, Joe, I have more football for you when we come back. Top of the hour, very busy second hour. Pharrell Coast to Coast here on Sports Grid, Sports Grid Radio. We're back right after this. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid scale solar energy in Ohio 
and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 